grind you're on. Oh, 169? 169. Welcome, everybody, to the Craft Heads Podcast. This is episode 169 of the podcast that I do with my best friend, where every episode is different, but also there's an, a little something for everybody. Perfect. <laughs> it's always something different with you, and I love it, Tommy. And the, uh, and the one mainstay about this podcast is um, that we always have a crafty beverage of some time, some kind, excuse me. And um, the, I, I'm getting the coffee shakes because it's uh, it's oh it is past noon actually it's a random Thursday mm-hmm. uh, and I am over with my baby who is sleeping baby Levi is yeah sleeping. not Claire yeah his baby <laughs> Levi my actual baby girl um, sleeping in Alex and Tara's bed right now very peacefully and Alex and I are fitting in a podcast so thanks for joining us everybody damn right thank you Tommy and uh, we have our beverage and I swear we haven't had this on the podcast before somebody please call me out because if i screw up and do a duplicate cocktail i mean we this is a lot of episodes it's it's my memory's very good but in case i screw up somebody please call me out but we have the allagash haunted house hoppy dark ale just in time for halloween oh it's it's an ale yes it's not hoppy dark ale okay yeah we were right as alex was pouring this i thought it might be a a stout or a porter, but it's, it's, it's certain. Yeah, it definitely looks like it at first at first glance, and um, it you'll is see from the image. It's October twenty sixth, so like I said, just in time for Halloween. And Tommy, you'll love awesome. this. Guess what the ABV is? Oh boy, um, a dark ale. I, I'm going to guess it's not it, as much as a stout or porter. Six point nine. It's Halloween themed, and you're close. <laughs> okay. Evil, satanic. 6.66. Yes, that's exactly what it is printed on the can. I'm, I'm really getting nervous that we've done this before. God, but you know, if somebody we have. if somebody is good enough to be like, oh, you talked about that on episode whatever, then I'll be thrilled. So yeah. uh, cheers to that and uh, cheers to our listeners paying cheers. attention, wow. hopefully. This, um, I'm so happy I'm having an alcoholic beverage right now. It's past noon. It's perfectly acceptable. And it's... <sighs> In standard Allagash form, so good. It's a good beer. God, Allagash is killing it, yeah. man. Yeah, they. If anybody remembers, I think the last time that we had an Allagash love fest was episode one fifty. One fifty, yes. One fifty with your dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because right. um, yeah, there was, we had a, a nice stretch for a couple episodes there, but uh, we were just gushing about Allagash. Of course, their their flagship white is one of our all time favorites, just as a general. Um, it's a is it a wit beer or a blonde ale? I feel stupid. It's not a blonde ale. It's, it's a, a wheat, it's white. It's a yeah. White so te- technically could be a wit beer because I think that's what that means. Oh, white okay. beer. Yeah. True. Yeah. Or <laughs> no, that probably means wheat. I, I think it's white ale. It's a white ale. Yeah. I think Tommy's right. We talked it through. There, we're actually experts. So, anyways, um, there are no. Hey, put your hand out really quick. Yeah, because we're going? drinking. We're on the second mug of pour over Chemex that Tara made for us. Two different kinds of beans. Fantastic. One of them was Intelligentsia. Anybody who knows coffee, hipster coffee, will be familiar with that. But um, anywho, we don't have a, a in classic Crafted's forum, don't have a, a topic. We were limited by how long Levi stays down. Um, there, I do have a couple of random questions to talk about with Tommy, but I also have a single shout out. Uh, he has probably forgotten since I've talked to him. Ooh. But we... Tara and I recently celebrated our three-year anniversary in the church. I say that because we got married in the state first, for anybody who knows or doesn't know. And we decided to really intentionally celebrate that. So we went out for a romantic dinner at a place called Prefecture. Mm. And it is owned by the same folks who own Okiboru, our favorite ramen restaurant here in Atlanta. 
and it's it's like kind of hidden. You know, I feel like a lot of people don't know about it yet, but it's um, maybe Tara will correct me if I say this wrong. It's an omakase restaurant, which is sort of it's like that. I never know if is it prefix or prefee. I feel whenever there's a fee. Okay, nice. Tara's telling me prefee. Whenever it's a menu where you get like mm. seven plated mm. small dishes, mm-hmm. and it's usually one large exorbitant price, but the taste and flavors and the unique stuff, it's a wagyu beef omakase oh. menu like oh. that. Oh. I think it's the only one in Atlanta that does that specifically. Um, I will also say. It was officially the most expensive meal of my life. Yeah, and you and I talked about this just a, for I'm, a touch, right? I'm not saying that negatively, mm-hmm. and I will say that it was worth it. But it was. This includes Vegas meals, mm-hmm. so this is definitely for a celebratory thing. If you go frequently, you would have to take out a tell, second. Tell mortgage. the listeners how much they no, need to know. No, they need to I, know. I I don't want to say that because it could be triggering for some people. Okay. Like, is for real? Like, well, I felt very I an, felt very privileged to be there. It's an anniversary dinner. People know how about it expensive. Was, it was a lot of money, <laughs> folks. You can you can look at the menu and know that I don't live extravagantly, and um, I, I especially wanted to do something special for Tara. So mm-hmm. it was it was justified. But uh, people who can afford to eat there every day, fuck you. Um, <laughs> Al, here here you go, Alex. Might um, Alex might. Take this out if he doesn't like it, but think buying a new Xbox. It, that's fair. I'll, I'll leave it at that somewhere <laughs> yeah. in that in that neck of the woods. Okay, but it, yeah. After tip, too. Yeah. So I have to shout out to Andrew. So we got there. He was our server. And I told him I had high expectations because I know Randy, the manager at Okiboru. And, you know, Randy was the one who told us about it. I never even would have known they had this restaurant. Matter of fact, they have a bunch of new Okiboru locations, too. There's yeah. like four or five, I think. Yep. Anyhow, where where is it, by the way? It's next door to the Okiboru in Buckhead. In Buckhead, yeah. Okay. And where's that? <laughs> I Peachtree, I think. I think it was on. That's was, a long road. It was, ba- <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's you know, it might be a fifteen minute drive from us here in Sandy Springs, twenty minutes, something like that. But I told him how I have spent just exorbitant amounts at Okiboru over the years because it's my favorite ramen, fantastic restaurant, and I was very very excited. And I also found out that uh, as I was asking him for cocktail recommendations, which uh, Tommy and Claire made a donation to buy us our first round of dr- anniversary drinks. Thank you, Tommy and Claire. Mm-hmm. We He told me that they were all his creations. That's so right. I was like, okay, now I'm really excited. And I have to tell you, they were... I don't want to say they were as good as the food because then it sounds like it's overshadowing them, but they were. I mean, it was both experiences truly were you know very memorable for a lifetime and you know kind of the same way um one of my favorite restaurants in atlanta that it's a little cheaper than than this to be sure is gun show yeah yeah kevin gillespie's restaurant Uh, we're getting close to the same price point. sure yeah Yeah. and and certainly a similar style of dining their cocktails blew me away they were on this level and they were kind of like a japanese twist on classics dude you you are giving me such an amazing segue and such a timely segue. Good. So uh, whenever you're done. I'm done. I just wanted to say, Andrew, if you remembered to tune in, because I told you 169, thank you so much for that magical experience. And we will probably be back to celebrate something with Tommy and Claire eventually. Because I, I, I know they want to go. I, we were going to go with you guys, but we were out of town. For, yep. and, and I'm happy you guys got to experience your anniversary Nice, in intimate, romantic yeah. dinner to the two of us. Absolutely. But go ahead, Tommy, take it away. Do you know... Sorry, well, I'm really I, I blitzed right into that. Yeah. Did you know that 
Michelin star hosted its first Atlanta review yesterday or like two days ago. I had heard about that. And yeah. it, it gave its, out its first Michelin stars in Atlanta for the, for the first time ever. No kidding. Yeah. Do you want to hear? What? I've obvious. No, just don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's so, do it. Look, I actually see Tara. She seems really interested too. Ironically, I think Okiboru is Michelin starred, but that's because they used to have a Los Angeles location. I, COVID I, yes. nuked it. Some, something yeah. like that. Like I had always heard that, but I didn't realize until they hosted the awards here just a couple of days ago. Uh, by the way, today is the 26th yep, yep, of yep. October. I don't yep. know if Alex said that I did. Already. I finally remembered. Nice. Good. Um, so uh, there were five uh, restaurants that received a one-star rating, and... Um, I don't know what what the award was. I think it might have just been award for best cocktails. Okay, was was given out as well. Which because of this show, I have to give that an honorable mention. Yeah, and we'll start with that best cocktails in Atlanta, Boca Lupo. No shit from the Michelin star rating mm-hmm. category. Yeah, that's really impressive. Yeah. And you know, I gotta say, I really love Boca Lupo's food. I yeah. haven't been there in years, though. Like I'm. Being hipster Alex here, I used to go somewhat regularly, mm-hmm. and then I got really crowded. Yeah, and I don't think you can make reservations, which is fine because I hate reservations. And this was years ago; maybe they've changed that. But like, it's the old Yogi Berraism of nobody goes there anymore; it's too crowded. Yeah, and I just got sick of it. And sometimes they would be kind of pretentious about like, "Oh, you got to show up and wait for an hour." And I'm like, I. Life is too short for that. I don't think they do reservations, right? Back then they didn't. I, I, still I don't, don't want to. Sp- do. Okay, well, yeah, I, don't, I can't speak to it now. And again, I I kind of like that, but it's too busy, yeah. so I'm just like I'm. I just don't go anymore. I, Their food's outstanding. It is and Italian for those who don't know, and it's you know house made pasta and and now amazing cocktails. Yeah, so now I want to go back. Give it a look <laughs> compared to the these upcoming restaurants that I'm going to tell you that received the one star rating. Boca Lupo's got a good price point on things too, so you can go have like a hundred you know, hundred dollar meal there and be very, very satisfied. That still might be triggering to some. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know yeah. that's way cheaper than like gun show and prefecture and stuff. Exactly. Yep. And, and these that I'm about to say. So okay. I, I don't, I know I knew about three of these and uh, the other two, the reason I didn't know about them is because they were, I, I'm not sure if they were omakase, but they're sushi spots. Okay. And you know, really fine dining. But do you, have you heard of Atlas? No. So that's in Buckhead. Okay. Uh, Claire and I had been there. Amazing spot, and the, the ambiance is incredible. Great. Bacchanalia. Yes. Yes, that received one. Uh, Lazy Betty. Okay, that was the second most expensive meal I've had. Yeah. And in fact, I would say the quality was equal to Gun Show, but Gun Show was significantly cheaper, probably like 20%. So yeah. I'm a Gun Show over Lazy Betty guy, but Lazy Betty is amazing. I've never been to Lazy Betty. Wasn't that the one you went with the Yaros? We were going to go with you, I I think. Yeah. I, no, I was going to go with um, Rick, and he uh, had to cancel. And so we had a four-table reservation. Four person reservation. Four tables. It was one of those bullshit things where they're like, "Oh, we're going to charge you five thousand dollars if you cancel," which should be illegal. Yeah. But we took was it the actually, RO. actually that much. No, oh, okay. but no, I thought but you were serious. No, but it was like a hundred ahead, mm-hmm. and okay. I was like, "You will over my dead body. You will get that <laughs> money from me." So we took the R and Catherine, and that was a really good restaurant, though. Yeah, very intimate, nice space. And was that so? They have two restaurants, don't they? Have like another, like a tasting menu, private. Um, uh, not pro- sure. Prohibition style. What did they call those? Whenever you have to go through the phone booth, I'm 
what? Speakeasy. Speakeasy. Yeah. yeah they, I think they have a speakeasy kind Maybe. of thing. Actually, I do remember the cocktails being really good and telling you that we need to go back and sit at the bar. Okay. I definitely, I bet I can find that in like a two year old iMessage. Nice. But yeah. Cool place. So the last two, which I think you guys will probably be really interested in considering the sushi aspect of it is Hayakawa. Okay. And Muho. I guess we're going to have to try them out. Haven't heard of either, but no. um, yeah, I mean, getting a Michelin star, you know how how prestigious that is. Huge so deal. This was, this was a big thing for Atlanta to get it, and um, I'm glad that you brought up the restaurant thing so we could talk about it. Do you know where, I just learned this recently, and it's funny that Levi's like wearing her little Michelin suit going to sleep. <laughs> she looks like the Michelin man. So for those who have kids, she's in a Merlin suit right now. Very nice. That's going to resonate with somebody. Yeah. Um, I looked at that because I always wonder where that name came from. It is tied to the tires. Is it? Yeah, I, th- I thought so. I remember thinking about literally that, yeah. to basically give a restaurant such high marks and reviews to say that it is worth driving to, like putting uh, miles on your tires. Nice. It's ridiculous. No, I I, th- I can see the connection. It's, it's fun. good. Yeah. yeah. I, I just. I finally, it was one of those things that I was like, oh, I'm actually going to teach myself something. And I thought that was a really interesting fact. But uh, Claire and I, whenever we travel, we we always look up the Michelin star rated restaurants in the area that we're traveling to because, I mean, you're going to get, once again, it's pricey. So Mm -hmm. expect to spend a lot of money, but Mm -hmm. you're going to get high quality, fine dining food. Yep. And and, I mean, anybody who knows us, uh, both couples really, Tommy and I, and, and uh Tara and Claire that's that's our weak point like we spend mm-hmm. money on food and travel like that's and you know I, I don't begrudge anybody what they spend their money on if it brings if it brings them joy some people would rather have materialistic possessions and that's totally fine we just usually err on on the side of ex- is experiential the proper way to say that I there? like it let's go with let's it. leave experiential it. Yeah. situations <laughs> yeah so uh speaking of dinner you gave me a weird segue nice we haven't been doing movie rundowns, uh, and no plan to pick them up at any, at any uh, point soon, but I am going to update the Google spreadsheet for all the patrons, so uh, stay tuned for like a new wave of movies, because we've definitely watched a couple dozen. One of them slightly changed my life. Ooh. I highly, highly recommend, yeah, Tara, I highly recommend that this to everybody listening. It's called My Dinner with Andre. It was a very critically acclaimed movie. It came out back in 1981. It's almost it's an hour and 50 minutes. 92 critics, 85 audience. Whoa, going back to Damn. movie rundowns. But it is must watch. Yes. Okay. It is like a phone booth movie in the sense that it is two guys sitting at a table having dinner and talking for an hour and 50 minutes. What? Entire movie. It's the entire movie. What? And one guy It sounds horrible. No, it's Here's the thing. It's basically the one guy is what kind of like what I would refer to as like a lemming, like as as mean as that sounds. He's just kind of like going through the motions in life, you know, just kind of accepts uh, complacency and just mind numbing habit and rigmarole. And the other guy is somebody that I would like to think that I identify more with, like seeking new experiences in life, etc. And he it's it starts off slow. I am warning everybody the first half. It's interesting, but it starts off slow. The second half will just have you questioning everything. Do they do any kind of like flashbacks or anything? Are they no. literally, it's just like one scene? That. Oh my God. I shit you not. It's it's a very artsy piece. What if it was also one take? One scene, one that take. That would be really cool and <laughs> and possible. I don't, I, like in my head, I can't think of many jarring 
uh, changes or anything. Cause you know, they can do a lot of things with multiple camera angles, but really a thought provoking movie. One of those ones, we all use this phrase too much, but it's very prescient. And considering this was made 40 years ago, the things that apply to the society that we've built today, it's really crazy. I'm just going to look over at Tara real quick. Tara, your thoughts on that movie? Did you love it as much as Alex? She just we, shook her head. We got, a, we got a quiet nod. So, uh, yeah, terrific movie. Highly recommended. And the two guys that are in it are um, are fairly big names. When I say that, if I say their names, people might not recognize them, but you'll be like, oh, I know I know that guy. Yeah. You know, I've seen him in random shit. So check that movie out. So that was my dinner segue after all this food talk. Another random thing. Hey, real quick. Yeah, take it. I just want to ask, did you ever see 1971? Um, it was the war movie that came out in the last year. It, it no. was it was done in it was like the one take style. I've heard of that. Yeah. Oh, if you haven't seen it, like just knowing that it was one take, going and watching the movie, incredible fucking okay. movie. Yeah. Cool. I, I it, it it was an absolute must watch. So, um, well, dinner with Andre. My dinner with Andre. My dinner with Andre. Nineteen seventy one. Okay. Those are our movie recs for the episode. Okay, I love it. Perfect. Go. Excellent. Uh, mine obviously being like a major blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> but Alex is being very well, indie. I mean, at the time, it it was a big deal, but probably still kind of in that like artsy indie category. But uh, just like our personalities, I'm a major it, blockbuster. You're kind of artsy indie. We're, we're NFTs, bro. <laughs> So, like I said, no real topic here. Just I'm just spouting off random bullshit. I did ask Tommy to think about something before we got on the podcast. It's music-related, so we'll get to that in a minute. I did want to... Uh, here's, here's just a random question. I have this in my note, Tommy, and you know, a lot of times we have random banter, and I'm like, oh, I wish this was a podcast. And I read this... Somebody posted this on LinkedIn, and I thought it was a really good thought a experiment. LinkedIn question? Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm on there looking around at the time, so I just see <laughs> random shit. Would you rather... Oh, yeah, wow. I, I don't even know if it's a... true craft head's form. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a would you rather. <laughs> would you accept $10,000 cash to never buy another Apple product ever again? Oh, shit. Uh, Isn't it good? That is a good one. And it's better than you think it is. Because yes, I, and exactly. immediately, I thought about the future because they're just only coming out with more and more you, shit. They are not only so ingrained in your tech environment mm -hmm. currently, you're also thinking about the future and what they're going to come out with. And yeah. I hate this. Yeah. My answer is no. You, I think it's also no for me because, and I've mentioned this a bunch they are um, becoming my go-to TV uh, subscription sure. service, like Apple TV Plus. And I think that they gonna, are the the goats. They'll probably have cars and shit. You know what I mean? Like, what about you can never have a MacBook again if you're a MacBook user? Which once you become one, it's very difficult to go back. I used to shit on them all the time, and now I'm like, oh, they're superior. I actually think the only Apple product I use besides Apple TV that I just said is my iPhone. Mm -hmm. I don't think I, I like. I don't use AirPods. I I don't have an iPad. Um, I don't use a MacBook. Yeah, but like imagine being forced to switch over to Android or any other competitor and knowing you can't go back. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not saying that they're that I prefer Apple iPhone only right. because I'm in that ecosystem and inertia keeps me here because it is it's a strong product, but like the idea of never being able to buy any kind of Apple product again for 10 grand, I can't do it. 100 grand I would. Yeah. You know what I mean? And oh, I, yeah. And somewhere in between it is, but like that would be 
the, the way I answered it to Tara was it would severely inconvenience me. What about if you like, let's say Apple becomes the new radio service, like XM radio mm -hmm. is now Apple radio. Yeah. Could you buy a car with Apple radio or are you just not never allowed to buy that car again? No, you can buy the car, but you can't hypothetically, you can't use that service. <laughs> yeah. In this question. Well, I mean, considering you use Spotify for everything. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the way, um, I wish I had the exact, all I have as a note is the $10,000 Apple question, but the guy who posted it, he, his observation was really smart. He was saying like, this is the power of a brand or like, this is what separates Apple from X or whatever. And it was kind of like, there are lots of brands. I could ask you that question. It, um, you know, okay. Brands that have alternatives. So this is a, a shit example, but let's say you were a Kleenex. Sure. <laughs> or let's say you were a consumer of fast food. If somebody yeah. said that about McDonald's, you'd be like, fine, because I'll just get Burger King and Taco Bell. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like, there really isn't a substitute for Apple's suite and type of products. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're kind of unique mm -hmm. in the way that they do things. So kind of crazy. I thought tech, that was a good tech question. Tech in general, when yeah. tech gets a, a foothold in something, it, like you know, it's 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 kind of hard to up, yeah upheave them. And yeah, act, actually, one of the things, one of the terms I learned in the past year, once I got migrated over to Schwab from TD, and you know, look it up. But I swear it's called an economic moat, and the stocks and companies get ratings on that, you know, narrow, wide, blah, blah, blah. And an economic moat is basically a company's ability to stave off competition and separate itself. And so I would argue that Apple's economic moat is extremely wide. Yeah. It's huge. And this is different than like a monopoly in the sense that there there are other competitors. Of course. They just suck. There's endless competitors. Yeah, yeah but it, like... Apple's the way that they do things in their ecosystem it it definitely caters to convenience like once they get you in you can, you're kind of trapped and you're kind of okay with being trapped yeah. um what I just said is going to resonate with people who wind up watching my dinner with Andre that was really interesting <laughs> nice. and, anyways um I said I was going to come back to music just hard transitions we're all over the place I have one other really crazy topic I'm like, really enjoying this episode, by the way. Good. I'm glad to hear it. The, the coffee and uh, haunted house. Yeah, ale that, I, I've been. Sw I literally have been same. switching back and forth. Yeah, between it's, the two. it's it's a nice combination. Coffee and beer. <laughs> so uh, two beautiful, two of my favorite liquids. Yeah. Uh, Tara and I Semen. last. <laughs> that's that's number three. <laughs> and water's number four. <laughs> Tara and I went to a John Mayer concert last night here in Atlanta, and. I have been wanting to see him live again for many years because I I saw him back in, I want to say maybe 2014, 15, something like that. I went alone and I had like a transformative experience because I remember I went from being a John Mayer fan, like I liked his music, I liked his studio records, to seeing him perform live. And I was like, oh shit, this guy is a real musician. Like he is unbelievably talented. I mean, he's he's a great vocalist and it he appeals to a lot of people, but his talent as a guitarist is like mind-bending. And a lot of people I don't think realize that from his studio music. So we uh I I saw he was touring coming to Atlanta in October months ago and I was like, "Oh, I got to buy tickets." And then of course I left a tab open on my Safari browser and I buried it with 30 more tabs because I'm really bad about that. And then um, friend Tyler, uh, Mr. Pico, he texted me like two weeks ago from the concert and was just saying it was amazing. I was like, oh my God, I need to see if he's still coming. I bet you I missed it. Turns out I didn't. 
Um, the tickets were a little pricey. They were like a hundred ahead, but I was like, just, just fucking buy the tickets. Mm-hmm. Stop being stupid. Experiences. Exactly. Experiential. And I, exactly. And I told Tara, you know, I know she was a casual fan at best, but I was like, trust me, you need to see this guy live. And what's really cool, I knew it was called like a John Mayer solo tour, but he could not have been more literal. Solo? Only him on it stage. It was just him on stage with an acoustic guitar. Holy shit. Nothing else. And he's probably making multiple millions. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. And, and of course, I say guitar. He must have gone through five different guitars depending on the song and the style he was playing. Like, it was so cool. But it reinforced everything I just said about that first concert. Even though it was a very different atmosphere because the first time was an outdoor amphitheater and I was watching on a lawn. You know, so the acoustics were a little bit different. But, you know, he had a band, and it was a, a little bit bigger. This one, I felt like we were in a, a giant Eddie's Attic indicator. Oh, it was so like sick. an intimate atmosphere. I've never been to Eddie's Attic still. We should do that sometime yeah. for sure. Um, and by the That'd way, date that's uh, Smith's old bar here in Atlanta, for a lot of people who don't know, that's like where he became known. And he also played at Eddie's Attic uh, way, way, way back in cool. the day. So it was kind of cool almost him going back to his roots in this enormous venue. But this is going to sound Wait, really... it was State Farm? Where did you say? State Farm Arena, okay. so where the Hawks play. Yeah. This is going to sound real cheesy and whatever. He made me feel like he gave a shit about me. That's awesome. <laughs> Dude, it was a like a transcendent experience. And I have to say, you know, just a couple of my comments that I wanted to share about him was that... It's, some of the, the cheering that I heard, especially when he came back out for an encore... It was like the loudest crowd I have ever heard. I wow. mean, these people were serious. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I I always clapped, but like this was loud and it was practically a full house. I told you it was all acoustic, which was like a really special and intimate experience. I heard a lot of dudes raging, mm-hmm. like, I love you, John. You know, mm-hmm. and like you, you associate women just kind of like, you know, listening to his music and like getting wet and your body is a wonderland, but <laughs> guys fucking rage for him too. And I loved that. And honestly, I get the sex appeal from women. I was like, this guy could probably talk me into fucking him, or or, or more appropriately, bottoming for him. He would definitely. <laughs> so, it was just, it was an incredible experience. And the other thing that I have to say about him is, uh, his Tara's probably sick of hearing this word. The fidelity of the music that he performs live compared to his studio music, it's the same thing. Yeah. You have never experienced a live concert that is as true to the music that you hear on their albums. Like, you know, a lot of times you go and the experience is great, the charisma is great, uh, but it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's live music. It's a little different. It's yeah. like, this dude, it's the same thing. I always think about John Mayer in the, uh, in the barbershop scene in Chappelle's show. Yeah, that's I- right. <laughs> oh my God, that's so random. Throwback. I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great pull, Tommy. No problem. Um, so, so speaking of concerts, uh, really quick, I just wanted to ask, and it, this is just totally a trivia question mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and my wife, like so many other women in the world, is obsessed with Taylor Swift. And now Taylor Swift has ingrained herself in the NFL community for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, Travis Kelsey, for people who don't know. Even I, I know that, yes, and I don't want I think, to know that. I think everybody knows. Yeah. It's so silly. At every Chiefs game, they cut to her. After five plays, they'll cut to, to her in the box cheering with her 
posse and the Kelsey posse and the Mahomes posse. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, it is ridiculous at this point. It's just a big money maker. Well, you know? that, so thank you for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> she, I, I looked it up on, if you just Google her net worth, uh, what do you think it is? Um, it, I mean, it's, I, hold it's, on, hold on. So she's she's on tour on this gigantic tour right now, and she's got you know. like a movie out and some shit. Yeah, it which is just a cinematic version of her tour right now. Uh-huh. It's not like a movie, right? Per se. Right. It's just a cinematic version of her of her tour, which is the Eras tour. And um, thanks Claire for helping me out with all this. Yep. Um. So I googled her her net worth, uh, pre tour, and it's like. 300 400 million she stands to make my guess before you say this from from her tour from her heiress tour how much do you think it is when you said how much you think she's worth in my head i was going to respond with is she worth at least one billion dollars yeah so i thought that when I first Googled her, I was like, oh, she's got to be worth a billion. Right. And, and you said and it was three to four hundred. Three to four hundred. And now she stands to make. What, she, what do you think she stands to make from this fucking tour? I'm, I'm going to shoot high now okay. and say two billion. Yeah. Five. No. She's going to make five billion, billion dollars from this fucking tour. So, look, this is a perfect time for me to plug. You know, we have a very dear friend of the podcast, Adam. He was on 149, the the prison episode. If you haven't listened to it, please go listen to it. It's really, really good. I love Alex. And I, I mean, it. Adam. Yeah, I love, I, I love both of them. I, I love you both, too. And, the, and neighbor Alex. Yeah, that's right. But um, it is, that's, it's too much money. <laughs> and I I am not a socialist. I am not a communist. I No shit. I am generally in favor of capitalism billionaires are too much money have too much money but not unfettered like outrageous capitalism and it's so funny anytime you know he and i have you know i mean we have philosophical conversations basically anytime we talk about uh, basically anytime we talk and he always plugs when we're done talking about capitalism he's like yeah but thank god at least we have billionaires (laughs) and when you think about it it's fucking ridiculous like i literally would be I think it would be fair. I think a compromise would be fair to put a cap, a cap on cap personal wealth, and at, at one billion dollars or yeah, less, or or maybe even like five hundred million. Yeah, you know, sure, a billion, fine. Yeah. Like that's that's still too much. Like the idea of being a billionaire, you have too much money. <laughs> you, you're. You should share some of that. <laughs> now, it's just insane to me. And yeah. and you know some people would call me a radical and fuck you. Like you're you're not being reasonable. I like to consider myself somebody who always is looking for a fair compromise middle ground. Yeah. A billion dollars is too much money. Having a million dollars seems insane exactly. almost. And, and it's also it's also attainable. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, having assets of a million dollars is is like reasonable. Net worth um, like of you course. know, net worth a billion dollars, you're like, wow, I'm doing really good. Yep. Two million, you're like, hey, I'm probably good to go for five a, for a million, long million. You're set, set in perpetuity. One billion dollars. I know. What are you doing? So that's what I'm saying. Like a hundred million, I can easily that's a swallow thousand that. Million. A billion is one thousand. Five hundred million, a half billion, I I can even swallow that. But like one billion, it's too much. <laughs> it's it's too too fucking much. And we're we're getting. We add billionaires all the time, and for every billionaire we add, 
we add God knows how many people who are like literally living below the poverty line. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just fucking insane. It's, it's an, it's not sustainable and chickens will one day come home to roost. <laughs> I just don't know when or in what form. So that's my whole crazy spiel. I, I have another great topic for another episode, Tommy, since we're about a half an hour in and we're probably running out of time with, with Levi. So the question I asked Tommy that was related to music and who knows how we got here after all these topics, but I asked Tommy, I gave him an hour, you know, don't think too hard, and we can always amend this later. What are your top 10 favorite musical artists of all time across all genres, and they don't have to be in order? I, I like it, and I was going to say let's let we could run down, down the list right now really quick. Yeah. But I kind of like giving a little bit of like a, a tease for the next time. Sure. Let's, so let's, let's hold off, like you said. Um, no, 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 this was a different topic. Let's oh. run. Yeah, this was unrelated. It's it's a big philosophical thing. We can have it on another episode. But oh, okay. let's run down our our musical things and just say a couple, you know, two or three things about it, not about each artist, <clears throat> and then move on. Well, do after we do this, do you want to say what the topic is just to tease the next episode? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, topic now is talking about our top ten artists. Yes. Go, Tommy, you start. Oh, by the way, I only I only thought of nine. That's fine. And maybe. I wanted to wait until your list to um, maybe throw my tenth on there because I think maybe where where we share, I don't. We might share in maybe one or two, but I, I think it's going to be a lot less than we think. Oh, I think we'll maybe match <laughs> on one. Oh, I think two. Okay, all, all right. right. Well, I I I bet I, I have eleven. I'll oh. read. I'll read eleven. You have nine, and okay. I think, and then we'll match on two. Okay. Okay. Sounds great. good. All right. Um, I, I'm gonna rip them off because let's go. Yeah. Uh, Blink One Eighty Two, top top artist of all time for me. Uh, Wiz Khalifa, Billy Joel. Knew that was gonna be on there. Yeah. Kid Cudi, Drake. Here's one that I don't think you'd know. Rihanna. She's my guilty pleasure. That's fine. She's talented. And, and these are people that like I listen to most of their discography. That's kind of how I set up. Like, this is important for me too. Okay, like a couple singles. Like you're not a fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cascade, EDM artist. Mm-hmm. Lil Dicky, who doesn't have enough. He needs more out. Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's a, a really good call. And uh, that's it. That's that's a that was my nine. That's an excellent list. It's very diverse. I like that a lot. Um, what a I lot said, of rap. What I said was correct. When I said, oh, I have 11 and then we'll match two, we matched two. <laughs> Which great. two do we match? Um, Drake and Wiz. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, those are the only two rap on my, uh, my top 11. Oh, nice. Okay. It is hard, and this is going to make some people angry, and sorry, there's nothing I can do about that. Rap is different. It's kind of like putting, for me, it's kind of like Poetry. putting... It's kind of like putting comedy up against a drama film. Yeah. I can't put them in the same category. A lot of these guys, dare I say most, don't write their own lyrics. Mm -hmm. They don't do the beats. They have producers that do that. They just deliver it with their skill and talent, which is definitely a skill and talent. Like Some of them are crazy talented, but it's not the same as composing music, writing a song, and performing all of it, it's different. Mm-hmm. So that's all, that's the only reason I have. I do have. Um, if I had to pick one or the other to put in the top ten, Drake is my guilty pleasure. Wiz would be right behind him. So those are my two hip hop artists. Uh, here's my other nine that I came up with. Not spending. I lied. There's one more on here. Oh, there's twelve. No, 
there was another hip hop artist oh, that, oh, I, oh. that I think is leagues above Wiz and Drake. So, oh, oh. I, I know who it is. Who? Andre. Outcast. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm cheating because they're both equally talented for different reasons. Outcast is literally a one in a million rap artist. But yeah. anyways, um, my other eight, now that I've read those three off, in no particular order, are Metallica, John Mayer, not just because of the concert, <laughs> Steely Dan, Hall & Oates, ELO, David Bowie, and the Franks. Frank Sinatra and Frankie Valli. Ah, nice. Okay. So cool. Yeah, I, I actually could have guessed that for you. Yeah, yeah. I think you would have gotten most of those. Actually. I um, I man, I actually don't know if I even it, talking about top ten is really hard for me because I don't like to put anybody in that spot. Like right. That, that's like that's why I only got to nine because I was like, I don't know if I have a tenth person that I go back to their tenth person or group or whatever that I go back and like say, oh, this album's amazing, mm-hmm. and, and this album. Like, people have their one-off albums that I, like, will go back and listen to, but I feel like to get into the top ten, you need at least two albums. A hundred percent. Yeah, and, and I basically know all these these artists' entire discographies with the... Um, I I don't know all of, like, Hall & Oates' discography, and all, David Bowie, I'm still working through it. He has a fuck ton of music yeah. but I, I definitely have like his first 10 albums under my belt and that was more than enough for me to qualify him but um yeah and you know i gave that big preamble about hip-hop i think i'm being fair i had two artists in the top 10 and actually a third and it's because regardless of the amount of creativity and work they have to put into producing their music they they have brought me an absurd amount of joy yeah, you know, like when I think of all the memories just from in the modern era with Drake, I mean, holy shit! I mean, if you count Rihanna as R and B and not rap, then I only have four. Yeah, she would definitely. I would call her overall more R and B. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like Drake and pop. She's R and B and pop. True. Yeah. True. It, like Drake, Cuddy, Wiz, and Lil Dicky. That's like rappers. Cuddy. <laughs> Would be next in line. For I was actually kind of surprised. I thought that you might have. Him yeah, he that was he's next. And another for another episode. You know what we can do? And these don't even necessarily have to be. They don't have to overlap with favorite artists, favorite albums. Mm-hmm. So that would be a fun follow. Yeah. So true. we'll do that for another one. And then uh, I we said we would tease on the next one. Well, I had a very thought provoking conversation the other day with Adam about crime. And what constitutes top it. ten crimes of all time, <laughs> <laughs> and just some really interesting conversations about it, and and the possibility of uh, it basically not. What makes it, and how can it, and can it not exist? So we'll have another conversation about that at another time. It's interesting. I can see you thinking already, and trust me, there's it's really interesting. So it it we we paused an episode of Righteous Gemstones and started talking about it. So who knows where that came from? Nice. So. Thank Righteous you, Tommy. gemstones. What is that? <gasps> okay, TV recommendation to end. Okay, it's Danny McBride. Oh. So you know what's immediately funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the one where they're like making fun of like giant mega church, like the Jewel Austin's of the world, yes. which are like the worst people in the on planet. <laughs> Speaking of billionaires, he's not a billionaire. He's just a little millionaire bitch. Is he not a billionaire? I thought he was getting close to it. He probably is, and he, like he should go to hell. Let's. I'm gonna really quick. I need to know. He he is the Joel Olstein. He's the worst Never. kind of of rich person because, like Jesus said, if you if you're rich, 
like it is easier for a, a camel to get through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to go to heaven. And it's like, <laughs> you fucking hypocrite. It's just, and, and do you remember whenever, uh, hundred million Joel Steen, they disgusting. That is disgusting. Do you remember when I think there was a big hurricane in Texas somewhere? Yes. And he had, and he like didn't let Dis- people in. Disgusting. Right? <laughs> yeah. It, that is literally the most non Christ like thing I've ever heard of. So yeah. fuck you, Joel Austin. Thanks uh, for listening, everybody. <laughs> and, uh, we'll see you on the next episode. See you later, everybody. Thank you.